Will the Falcons defense finally get a boost with AJ Terrell returning to practice this week? That's the story of the week headed into this week 11 matchup between the Falcons and Bears. It's crossover Thursday. I'm joined by Lauren Cox, the host of Locked Off, Locked On Bears, and we're going to preview this week 11 matchup all day long. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, it is crossover Thursday, prevented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play, no competing with other players, just you. Versus the projections, pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times money on your entry. And that can take literally less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks. We know you will love them too. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. And guys, if you're a Locked On Falcons listener, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, the host, the very humble host of this illustrious podcast. And I am joined by Lauren Cox, the host of Locked On Bears. And we're previewing uh, this Falcons uh, week 11 versus Bears matchup, Justin Fields versus Kyle Pitts. And guys, we thank you for making Locked On Falcons and Locked On Bears uh, your first listen each and every day, free and available on a variety of podcast platforms, including YouTube, make sure you subscribe to both Locked On Falcons and Locked On Bears so that you get more information about this upcoming matchup as the week unfolds. But Lauren, uh, sitting here today, sort of what's the big story of the week for the Bears headed into this matchup? I know the story the last couple of weeks has been Justin Fields' sort of ascendancy uh, to the upper echelons of at least the 2021 draft class. Um, but I know for Bears fans, that seems like old hat now. And there's other topics uh, ahead that they need to deal with heading into this week 11 matchup. Yeah, it's sort of like the next iteration. It's like, okay, we've seen three or four weeks now of Justin Fields really playing at a high level and very effective as a runner and making some really good progress as a passer as well, developing into a really well-rounded quarterback for them. So then from there, it's like, okay, what are the next steps? It's not, we're not getting too far ahead of ourselves here. Like next step is, is win a football game. I mean, they're, they've lost three in a row despite fields and, and the offense generally playing really well. But I think more generally, we've seen a couple of these games where the Bears are right in it down, down the stretch to the very end. And it's late in the fourth quarter and they haven't been able to really finish out on top. You know, their defense has struggled to keep opponents under 30 points a game. I imagine the Falcons will have not too much trouble scoring in this matchup and it becomes this sort of back and forth shootout. And we get late into these game stretches and whether it was against the Miami Dolphins, I believe they had a dropped pass on fourth and 10 where Fields found an open receiver and hit him in the hands beyond the sticks, just couldn't hold on to it. Or last week, you know, the Bears had two or three plays on that last drive where pressure got to fields really quickly. The play breaks down and he's trying to find a receiver downfield for a first down and ends up taking a sack or two on that last drive. Cause there's just no one open past the sticks. You, you don't want to check it down on fourth and eight. Cause you're not going to get past the first down marker. So I think some of it is a talent deficiency that they just don't have premier players around a quarterback that's playing like one. And 
part of it's just, you know, being able to cement a lead earlier in the game and not give other teams a chance to come back late in that stretch or, or not allow teams to get ahead. So you, so you have to come back at the end of those games. Yeah. I know for the Falcons, their story of the week is, you know, AJ Terrell's uh, potential triumphant return this week. He was in practice on Wednesday. We'll, We'll sort of keep an eye on sort of what his status is the rest of the week. Uh, and, and certainly, you know, how healthy he is. If it's a full participation day on Friday will be a, a very strong indicator that he will be able to suit up on Sunday. The Falcons have sorely missed him these last couple of games. Uh, they did not put him on IR with an in, with an injured hamstring uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, you know, they need him back because their secondary has really struggled uh, these last couple of weeks. So you saw that, um, you know, where DJ Moore and Terrence Marshall were, were cooking them a, a couple of weeks ago against the Panthers. They didn't do much against them last week when they uh, had the rematch against the Panthers, just largely due to the fact that Carolina was able to run the ball to the tune of, of 200 plus yards. But, you know, I don't know if AJ Terrell is going to solve that problem, but that that's, feels like, um, you know, too big of a issue for one player to solve, but if he can at least allow them to check a receiver like Darnell Mooney, uh, and, and sort of minimize his impact and force some of those other questionable uh, playmakers in terms of the lack the Bears may have to mm-hmm. have to go out there and win the game for them. That will be a big, big boost for the Falcons' uh, chances to win this week. So hopefully they'll get a he- healthy A.J. Terrell uh, returning on Sunday. Yeah, how I mean, how healthy can you expect him to be? Like when when if if he's out there, I mean, do you see that as a potential area where maybe the Bears can say? It t- test just how healthy he is. Like, is if, if he's out there, do you trust him as like full go AJ Terrell, or are you wondering if you're going to get, you know, sixty percent AJ Terrell, seventy percent? I mean, obviously we don't have the medical information in front of us, but given that it's a hamstring soft tissue thing, I, I guess how how judicious do you think they will be? Does he need to be full speed, full strength for them to throw him out there, or will they throw him out there even at less than a hundred percent, you know, strength, just because even a sixty percent AJ Terrell is better than what they had? I don't think they'll rush him back if they, if they don't feel like he's ready to go this week, they won't let him go because basically what happened, I can't remember which game it was, but he injured his hamstring earlier in the season, um, was limited in practice the following week. Um, and then they had him out there, uh, come back and he got hurt in like the second series. I think it was the Bengals game. That's what it was. Uh, he got hurt in like the second series in that game, uh, trying to defend a deep ball, uh, and, and wound up, you know, aggravating that hamstring injury. So I think the Falcons kind of learned their lesson. I think the hope is that because the Falcons are coming off a a Thursday night game, so they got a a couple of extra days of rest uh, and, you know, he'll be closer to a hundred percent returned this week with that extra uh, set of rests that he's gotten and and the rest of the team has gotten. Um, So if he's playing, I feel like feel reasonably confident to say that he should play. Uh, but obviously, if they feel like, you know, they're not going to rush him back because they're worried about him re-aggravating that injury. Yeah, I, I don't see like them rushing him out there on the field, you know, at 60, 70, 80 percent or anything like that. I certainly don't want to get ahead of ourselves in terms of matchups here. But among among Falcons cornerbacks, I think he, he certainly slates up to match up physically the best with a guy like Clay, Chase Claypool, who the Bears are slowly trying to get get more and more involved in the Bears offense. So I think the difference between having him out there versus not could, could be a, a much more favorable matchup in that specific one-on-one. But I know there's a few more of those we're going to get into here in just a moment. Yep. And we'll, we'll get into those uh, as we continue 
uh, today's episode, guys. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Blue Nile. Whether you're looking to pop the question or you have a milestone to celebrate or you're looking to let your love sparkle, uh, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler uh, that offers a large selection, the largest selection of diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Their easy online tools are going to help you choose the diamond shape, size, clarity, and setting style. And if you're looking for a fine piece of jewelry and you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has the jewelry experts available 24-7 via phone, via chat, to help you find the memorable gift that fits everyone's budget. Shop stress-free with the Blue Nile 100% satisfaction guarantee. All orders are insured. They ship free and discreet packaging and overnight shipping is available. If you're in a rush, make your moment sparkle with blue Nile, go to blue Nile.com and use the code locked on and you'll save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's B L U E N I L E.com code locked on to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more blue Nile.com code locked on. And guys, Black Friday is just around the corner, and I'm personally not a huge fan of going out and wading through all those crowds. I love my online shopping. I love shopping online from the comfort of my chair or couch, and I love being comfortable in said chair or couch because I'm wearing Tommy John underwear. Tommy John is launching their Black Friday sale right now. It's perfect for me. It's perfect for you. You can give the gift of comfort To everyone on your list, including yourself, with a brand new set of Tommy John underwear, loungewear, or pajamas, with over 18 million pairs sold, Tommy John has become a holiday tradition. 97% of women and men love getting a gift of Tommy John. Shop Tommy John's Black Friday sale now, uh, and you'll get 30% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash LockedOn. 30% 30% off everything now at tommyjohn.com slash locked on tommyjohn.com slash locked on see site for details. And guys, we thank you for making locked on Falcons and locked on bears. Your first listen each and every day. And for your second listen today, after this crossover, why not check out locked on sports today from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts that only Locked On can provide by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today, available on Odyssey, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Lauren, jumping into some of these key matchups, you, we've talked a little bit about, you know, A.J. Terrell's presence with the Bears uh, wide receivers, and, you know, Justin Fields is off to a really solid set of games the last couple of weeks. And I think for me, the, the big cat matchup for the Falcons is how do they deal with Fields' mobility? That's the thing that's really sort of unlocked the last couple of weeks, like over 500 yards rushing in the last like four or five games, um, uh, several rushing touch- touchdowns. The Falcons' defense uh, in 2021 really struggled to deal with any type of mobility from the quarterback position, like Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold were carving them up. So Justin Fields feels like a, a completely different beast. They haven't really had to deal with that issue this season, although Taysom Hill did absolutely annihilate them in that week one game where he had a number of big runs in that game. And the Falcons really struggled to stop him. So I'm expecting the Falcons to play a lot of zone. um, But, you know, the downfall of zone defense is you don't generally, or at least if you're the Falcons defense and maybe other teams don't (laughs) deal with this problem. But, you know, you're, you're not able to get a lot of pressure with just four guys. And so I'm very curious if the Falcons decide to be aggressive this week and dial up more pressure to try to not allow fields to sort of spend all day 
in the pocket, uh, sort of lingering and, and doing whatever he does uh, to make those plays that he's made so many of the last couple of weeks. And I'm also wondering if the Falcons dial back the snap counts of, say, a player like Adeogandeji with his 4-8 speed as the Falcons outside linebacker in part of their rotation there. You know, it's not going to really do much with Justin Fields on the field. So it's not really adding any value. So uh, that was something that uh, a guest of mine was complaining about how many snaps he's been getting in recent weeks. And I'm hoping that guest gets his wish uh, and th- those snaps are minimized and th- the Falcons put a little bit more speed and athleticism out there at that edge rusher position to try to keep fields contained with guys like Arnold Ebichetti, Lorenzo Carter, and D'Angelo Malone, who hasn't seen a ton of snaps or third round pick. So hopefully he'll see his snap count uh, go up. Of course, you know, Fields is still going to get his a mobile quarterback is, is virtually impossible uh, unless you have an elite defense uh, to stop. And the Falcons are far from an elite defense. <laughs> so uh, they'll just have to sort of keep him as contained as possible. But if, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing any over unders or uh, a prize picks projection, that's more or less a certain amount of rushing yards, you probably should take the more. I don't even know if prize picks is offering that anymore because they know that's just them losing money. Uh, people taking the more on, on Justin Fields rushing yards yeah i think you made a good point there that it's it's the kind of thing that any one individual player on your defense is not going to be the difference between stopping justin fields or or getting beaten by justin fields but it really does take all 11 that we that we saw like the miami dolphins they they played a qb spy specifically on fields on a number of snaps and there are times he just he just outran him like the guy is standing there waiting for him to scramble field scrambles and just beats him to the edge makes miss and then He's kind of breaking away from there. So it takes, you know, it's, it's more about like really good tackling from your cornerbacks and safeties in space. And even, even good tacklers have had some trouble, you know, consistently getting him to the ground on their first go. And I think part of it too is about being able to finish when you do get that pressure, particularly, you know, early in plays as opposed to like once the play, once you're three or four seconds in, now your pass rushers are getting tired because they've been trying to pass rush and then Fields starts scrambling. Fields may have been standing still for those first two or three seconds. So he just starts his fatigue. You know, like he's just starting his running when these pass rushers have already been running and working really hard for those first three seconds. So they're starting to get out of gas by the time Fields is just getting up to full speed. And that makes it a bit more challenging. It's why when I look at these matchups, I'm really concerned about somebody like Grady Jarrett on the interior, specifically matching up with the right side of this Bears offensive line. Because last week, Tevin Jenkins was out with injury. Still a little bit too early now to know how close to 100% he might be. They've been starting the veteran Michael Schofield in his place. And he's a you know, an average starting caliber guard in the NFL, but he's not, he's not great. And I'm certainly not overly confident in that group up front as a whole, let alone, you know, finding a couple of weak links there that Sam Mustafa for the center is also not great, but he's been playing a little bit better lately. So a guy like Jared, if he can get that quick pressure up the middle, it'll field seems to be much more comfortable. If there's an edge rusher coming, spinning around and getting outside the pocket that way or, or you know, being able to sort of step up and around that and scramble. But if it's that interior pressure quickly in his face, he, he then has more of a tendency to run into the edge pressure that, then from that because he's still trying to figure out you know, where he can go with the ball. So I think Jarrett has some real potential here to do some damage up front against a Bears offensive line that is not going to be considered a strength, especially not in pass protection. Absolutely. Now, you, you sort of touched upon this earlier in terms of the key matchup, and it isn't necessarily an individual player. It's just, for me, looking at the Falcons' offense, you know, I'm wondering if they can actually score some points against this Bears defense that has given up 38 points uh, per game the last three games, although that did include uh, two defensive touchdowns and a block punt touchdown. Uh, but still, that's, you know, even if you take those defensive touchdowns away, offenses are still scoring 31 points a game against them. 
The Falcons have scored 30 points or more one time this year. It came in week eight in the overtime game. Um, and that also included a defensive touchdown for them, a field goal in overtime. So they only scored 27 in regulation. That's the most the Falcons have scored in regulation this season. So I'm hoping they get a 30 burger this week and <laughs> that will especially be great for Arthur Smith, who, who's doubling down on Marcus Mariota being the Falcons starting quarterback for the time uh, and, and potentially the remainder of the season. And so it will be a, a great time for Marcus Mariota to sort of prove that uh, commitment. Um, you know, maybe he's been shopping at Blue Nile, uh, you know, in terms of uh, getting that fine <laughs> piece of uh, jewelry. But, um, you know, I, I think attacking this Bears defense, particularly down the field and with Drake London, I think can work. I'm looking at some of their DVOA metrics. They're like 27th in defending, you know, 15 plus yard throws. They're 30th in DVOA against number one wide receivers. And so I, I kind of want to see Drake London have a big game. I kind of want to see Marcus Mario start hitting some of these deep balls. Like I think pro football focus has him as the second worst adjusted completion rate behind only Andy Dalton on deep throws of 20 yards or more. Yet he's attempting like the fifth highest percentage of those throws. (laughs) So it's just like nothing but just miss deep balls. And it's like, we haven't seen Drake London catch a deep ball this season uh, since week three against the Seahawks. So I'm hoping this is a, 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 Good week for Drake London, Marcus Mariota to start connecting on some of these downfield throws. And I think that will go a long way for this Falcons offense. In addition to we know the running game being as good, but supplementing that running game with that vertical passing attack as teams try to load up the box uh, to deal with that running game and and being able to hit them over the top and, and maybe get that 30 burger for the first time this year. Yeah, where we've seen the Bears defense struggle in particular is like the the intermediate area behind the linebackers and underneath the safeties. And especially, you know, since they traded away Roquan Smith, I mean, A, they haven't had much pass rush also, but then B, the linebackers will get sucked up on play action, especially, and, and you can sort of hit those like those intermediate crossing routes and deep digs anywhere from, you know, 15 to 20 yards downfield, just kind of in that, in that soft space between anybody who's underneath zone and anybody who's in deep zone. And I have to imagine... You, know, you look for Kyle Pitts and Drake London in areas like that. Just give him a big body to throw to where there should be some space. I have a feeling points will come fairly easy to the Falcons and will again be coming down to, okay, who who could get the last touchdown here in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Are there any other matchups, um, Lauren, that you're keeping an eye on before we get to sort of our final predictions? Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to go with, with Pitts there against those linebackers. I mean, it's in the same kind of vein that you know, the, the Bears have some speed with a guy like Nick Morrow, but he's not he's not great. You know, he's... He's okay. He's not. He's not super instinctual and just doesn't always have the best feel back there. And Jack Sanborn, the undrafted rookie for agent, played really well last week. It's his second ever start here, filling in for Roquan Smith. But he's an undrafted rookie free agent. Like there's still there's still mistakes there. It's not perfect, and he's not he's not slow, but he's not fast either. You know, he's kind of somewhere in between very instinctual and aggressive and physical in the running game. But you know, I think dropping back in coverage, despite the interception he had last week that was called back by a penalty elsewhere, like he's still not. He's still not the most dynamic athlete back there. So I think the, the Falcons can get some pretty favorable matchups in those one-on-ones. And I, and I wonder, you know, will the Bears stick Jaquan Brisker on him and try and be a, a safety or a tight end eraser from the safety spot? It's not something they've asked him to do a ton of one-on-one there. It's been more of a, a group effort. But you know, the, the secondary is is lacking right now outside of the safety position, the whole back seven. The linebackers are are short-handed just in terms of talent, and they've had some injuries at cornerback as well. So I think they've been doing a good job of limiting the like really, really deep stuff. But like I said, that that 15 to 20 yard range, even you know 12 to 25, like that area, they they got eaten alive even by Jared Goff last week. So I think there's some hope for Marcus Mariota as well. 
Yeah, well, you know, the Falcons' speciality is is those intermediate digs with a high usage of play action. So, as you say, they should be able to move the ball and put up some points uh, this week. And, you know, we'll finish up and wrap up today's crossover Thursday presented by Prize Picks. Uh, sort of getting the lowdown from both Lauren and I on whether or not we think uh, the Falcons or Bears will win and give you that recap on some of the other things that we talked about on today's episode. But, uh, you know, I do want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, the number one source for your football betting needs and info this season, whether you're looking for the latest player developments, matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, you get the analysis on every game, including this weekend's action, where the Falcons are three-point favorites at home against the Bears. We'll see if uh, Lauren and I believe that the Falcons or Bears will be able to cover that sort of spread. And if you guys want to take advantage of that advice or go against that advice, head on over to Bet Online, your continued source for all your sports wagering information with the live in-game betting and up-to-minute scores for every sport out there, from football to basketball to soccer, esports. They've got you covered at betonline.net. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Lauren, as we wrap up today's Crossover Thursday presented by Prize Picks, people just heard that the line is three points where the Falcons are favored in this game at home, basically telling you uh, that, you know, the home team gets three points uh, in these spreads. So they basically see the Bears and Falcons as two evenly matched teams. Uh, and so... When I look at this game, I feel like the Falcons should have a nice rebound game and give the Bears maybe their fourth uh, consecutive loss. But this is going to be like every game pretty much for the Falcons this year. It's going to come down to the wire. Uh, They're not going to stop the Bears offense. I don't think the Bears offense is going to stop or the Bears defense is going to stop the Falcons offense. Uh, And so it probably will boil down to who has the ball last um, and who can make the play. And I don't necessarily have a ton of confidence that if the Falcons have the ball last, that Marcus Mariota is going to make those plays. But maybe <laughs> against this Bears defense, he'll be able to hit the nail on the head. So I, I do think the red zone uh, efficiency is going to matter a lot. And I know the Bears have struggled a little bit more in the red zone defensively than the Falcons have. That's basically the Falcons MO. You can move the ball all up and down the field, but they'll try to get a stop in the red zone. And I feel like they can. And that may be the deciding factor. This is going to be a close one-score game. I feel like the Falcons will get that 30-burger just barely, maybe winning 31 to, say, 28 or 30 for the Bears, somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm in a a similar boat, but I I think – I mean, it's it's no surprise we both watch our our teams, and I agree they're they're pretty evenly matched. So when we see them as pretty evenly matched, we're probably going to each lean with the team that we know better and and have more – or a, a deeper understanding of, but, I, but I'm in a similar point range that I think, you know, the, the Falcons and bears are both going to be right around 30 and it's going to come down to a last possession here. And it's, you know, can, can the bears of the Falcons finish that last drive with a touchdown or a field goal to take that, that final late lead. I, I think, I think for Chicago, I, I look back at the last couple of weeks and I think, you know, they, they were within three points of Miami with, with an offense that I think was, was much better than what they're facing with the Atlanta Falcons and, and against the lions this last week, the Bears had a 24-10 lead and pretty well imploded. You know, they they had a drive where they had three penalties that handed Jared Goff a touchdown, essentially. I mean, they negated an interception and moved them right up to the red zone, and it was a pretty easy touchdown there. And that was immediately followed by a pick six from Justin Fields that was kind of a – you don't want to ever excuse a pick six, but it wasn't like – 
it was a little bit more of an anomaly than than a, a larger trend or a concern of like him being reckless with the football. It was a, a blown up screenplay that ended up going a little bit overthrown the screen player and then Akuda took it back for a touchdown. So like it, it felt like the Bears were pretty well in control against Detroit and just screwed it up at the end and finally lost. Whereas they were they were right there with the Dolphins at the very end. And I feel like Atlanta's a little bit closer to Detroit than Miami on that spectrum. So I I feel like the Bears can even though they lost the Dolphins or they lost the Lions last week, I still feel like the Bears are, are can be right in there. I don't think either team is going to blow out the other one by any means. And I'm in a similar score as you. I'm leaning like 31-27. Like both teams are going to have some field goals in there and and not finish these drives with touchdowns. So even a, a 31-30, but I don't want to predict that because that was the Bears' exact score last week, and there's no way they have the exact score two games in a row. So 31-27 is where I fall at there. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think... You know, the last couple of weeks, you, you mentioned that pick six against the Lions. You had a fumble recovery by Micah Parsons, the block punt uh, mentioned earlier with the Dolphins. It does feel like, you know, teams are going to be able to get maybe a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. And for I think both of these teams, if either one of these teams gets that, um, that's probably going to be the thing that decides the outcome yes. in this game, where it's just like that's one less touchdown your offense uh, needs to be able to put on the board, and that's going to probably lead – to this victory as it has done for the last three uh, Bears opponents in some uh, relatively outside of the Dallas game, close games. Um, but do you think that, do you think that, that it's a real factor having, you know, Ryan, Ryan Pol Ryan Pace and, and Phil Emery and um, Jerry Angelo in that front. I mean, especially Ryan Pace being a guy that, you know, drafted or signed half of this Bears roster that's still left that you know, he knows he knows Justin Fields thoroughly he knows Darnell Mooney thoroughly he knows most of this Bears offensive line I mean there, there has been a lot of turnover but they they're gonna know these Falcons a lot better they're gonna know these Bears a lot better than these Bears know these Falcons despite you know a lot of those former teammates you know Demir Bird and and Cordero Patterson the Bears had enough turnover that I don't think there's as much familiarity with the Falcons Bears players but the Falcons front office is gonna know this Bears roster through and through well, one can hope. One can hope that Ryan Pace is bringing something to the table other than just basically filling out the Falcons roster with the Bears, quote unquote, trash uh, becoming the Falcons <laughs> treasure. So uh, hopefully that will give them a slight edge uh, that, you know, they'll they'll figure out some way to blitz uh, Justin Fields or something. The right blitz that he he struggles with just because of that familiarity or, hey, let's uh, pick on, you know. Jalen Johnson, because we, we know him better. We know he really struggles against this certain route or something like that. So hopefully it will be a benefit for the Falcons. But uh, Lauren, remind the folks sort of what it is that Bears fans are going to be looking at for the story of the weekend and a couple of those key matchups uh, that you'll be focused on on Sunday. Yeah, for the Chicago Bears, it's it's all about it's all about trying to make some stops and get the defense rolling again, trying to find some way to slow down any sort of opposing offense and keep them under that 30-point mark because it, it feels weird to say it's a foregone conclusion at this point. But, and I won't say totally foregone, but like against an opponent like the Falcons, you, you feel like the Bears should be able to hit that 30 mark again if they've done it against the Cowboys, Dolphins, or the, yeah, the Cowboys, Dolphins, and Lions in the last three weeks. And so, you know, can they get a stop? Can they get that big turnover? Can they get that... You know, that key moment late in the game when the Falcons have the ball and have a chance to maybe take the lead or tie the game, can you make that stop when you absolutely need it? Because Justin Fields is going to be able to get his rushing yards in this game, and they'll probably have you know enough passing. That's always been the formula right now. They rush really well, and they get enough passing and finish enough of those drives in the end zone to to keep up in, in a back-and-forth, high-scoring type of, of shootout game. 
but if they can just make that one stop or and avoid that one critical mistake, like that's that's I think that's where the margin of error is is between these two teams. It's who's who's going to get out of their own way and not have those penalties or that turnover that that ultimately gives the other team the win. Absolutely. And for the Falcons, the big story of the week is AJ Terrell's potentially triumphant return and whether or not he'll be a factor in slowing down this high flying Bears uh, offense. But the key for the Falcons in terms of their matchups uh, is not going to be what AJ Terrell provides in terms of coverage. It's going to be those guys up front keeping Justin Fields' mobility in check. And uh, for the offense, it's going to be being able to put those points on the board. We know the Falcons can run the football, but can they throw the football? That has been the question all year long, and we haven't seen enough of Drake London and Kyle Pitts, uh, particularly when it comes to the deep ball, uh, where they should be able to exploit this Bears defense. And hopefully we'll see Marcus Mario to start uh, improving some of those metrics that say he's basically the worst deep ball thrower in the NFL. And hopefully uh, he'll, he'll at least you know have one outlier game uh, against uh, a very vulnerable uh, Bears secondary. And we'll see if that uh, gets the Falcons the win. We both see it as a close one uh, with either team potentially edging the other out and special teams and defensive touchdowns and turnovers and penalties are probably going to be the thing that decide the outcome of this game uh, for uh, who ultimately wins. And if the Bears win, Falcons fans will probably be in their feelings because they'll be wondering what could have been had they taken that quarterback as opposed to the quarterback they're currently stuck with. And if the Falcons should win, uh, then, you know, it will be even more of a, an underlining of this new regime's rebuild method that they can get it done with even a lesser court, you know, no offense to Marcus Mariota, but I, I do feel like Justin Fields is probably going to be the better quarterback on the field on <laughs> Sunday. So. Well, I don't it, know how you feel about that one, Lauren. Yeah, I was just thinking like this. This is going to be one of the most exciting matchups on Sunday that no one's going to watch, but but we'll be there. We'll be watching. Yes, absolutely. So, guys, that's going to do it for us here on Crossover Thursday, presented by Prize Picks. We thank you for making it your first listen, whether that's on Locked On Falcons, Locked On Bears. Of course, I'm going to have you guys covered all week long for the rest of this week on Locked On Falcons. Lauren's going to be breaking things down from the Bears' perspective all week long on Locked On Bears. So. Make sure you make both of those shows your first listen. And for your second listen, of course, check out Locked On Sports Today, Locked On Fantasy Football, all that stuff, Locked On Bulls, Locked On Hawks, uh, all that stuff and more. So go check out those shows as well for your second listen as we guys get you geared up uh, for this Week 11 matchup, which will determine which team had the better draft, Ryan Pace or, um, you know, Terry Fontenot. You know, now Ryan Pace is here in Atlanta back in 2021. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, at least for Falcon fans, we'll be relitigating the Kyle Pitts versus Justin Fields pick all week long, depending on the results. And that's the that's the most important thing, I think, that comes out of this game.